You said that where two or three of us are gathered in your name, there you would be in the midst of us. And we are gathered here in your name today, Father. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to our hearts today. Father, I believe that you have something you want to say to us today and you want us to hear from your word. Holy Spirit, you are the revealer of the word. Reveal your word to our hearts. 
this place changed and different, stronger and better because we have been in your presence today. Bless our tithes and offerings and gifts as we give them to you cheerfully and anticipating what you are going to do in and through us. In Jesus' name. Let's pray before we look into the word. Father, we just ask you that you would open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who as believers, he resides in us and empowers us and enables us to do whatever you have for us to do. May we sense his presence today as he speaks to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> we have uh, we've been talking about knowing God, knowing His will. Um, the fact that God is always at work. He's always doing something. Jesus said, "My Father is always at work. He is always at work in our lives, and He's always at work." in the world. There's never a time when he's not at work. And uh, so today, I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And I'd like to do something, if you'll just indulge me for a moment. Um, for just a moment, I would like everyone to just bow their heads and close their eyes. Just bow your head and close your eyes, okay? Now, we're not going to have an invitation, okay? And not at, at least not at this point. But here's what I want to ask. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to honestly answer this question. There may be two questions, but I want you to honestly answer them. By, by lifting your hand. And I, the reason I do this is because I just want it to be a private thing 
And I just want you to be totally honest. How many of you know what your gift is? You know what your gift is. Okay. All right. Just put your hand down. Keep your heads bowed. How many of you don't think that you have a gift? You don't think that you have a gift. Okay. Okay. All right, you can lift your heads. I, I was just a, a, that was a curious experiment on my part because I wanted, now I, there were a lot of you that didn't raise your hand to either one of those questions. A lot of you that didn't raise your hand to, to either one of those questions. That makes me even more curious. Not this, see, I, I did, the reason I did that is because I didn't want anybody, I didn't want to embarrass anybody, and I didn't want anybody just raising their hand because they saw people around them raising their hand. I wanted, to, I wanted to get at least what appears to be an honest response uh, from you. Okay? Because I, wanted, I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about God and how God gifts people. And, and one of the things I want, I want you to understand is I think that in much of the church, we have the wrong idea about how the gifts of the Spirit work. In, for some reason, and, and, and what we actually do is in many places, we'll actually have people who will, they will run what they call a gift assessment to help you to come to the determination what your gift is. Now, there's a problem with that, okay? And, and I mean, I'm not, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not trying to throw stones here I, 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 because my, my authority and my pattern comes from the Word. Okay, that's where I look to see how things, how things work. That's my pattern. That's, that's, where we get our, that's where we get our authority. What happens is, is when, when you go through and, and you come to the conclusion and you say, this is my gift, then any opportunity that comes your way that doesn't line up with what you see as your gift, you will pass by. We have been talking about how God operates in our lives and in the world from the perspective of love. That everything that God does for us and allows in our lives and everything that God does comes out of the perspective that he loves us. There is no room in the life of a believer to ever question that God loves them, right? We talked about that. Why is that? Because God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
When Jesus hung on the cross, that was the ultimate expression of God's love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So anything that comes into our lives, any any event or experience of any kind that comes into our lives as believers, we can never say, God, have you stopped loving me? You don't, you don't love me anymore? We can never do that. We must, we must always understand that God is operating out of love. And when we talked about God working in our lives, we have people who, who will say, well, I, I'm not sure that I can fully surrender my life to God because he might call me to be a missionary in Africa. God would never call you to be a missionary in Africa if he didn't know that that was the very best thing for you and that you would find the most satisfaction out of that. You would get the most out of doing that. That's when he would call you to be a missionary to Africa. He doesn't just call you to do things to make you miserable. Why? Because he operates out of love. Last week we talked about knowing God's will. And we, we came to the conclusion that oftentimes we ask the question, what's God's will for my life? And that's the wrong question to ask. We need to be asking, what is God's will? Not what is God's will for my life, but what is God's will? Because in order to we, we have to know what God's will is, then we follow what his will is. And I'm saying all of that to say this to you. The way God works with and how he gifts us is, is not up to us. It's not up to you to assess what your gift is. What, you're, what we need to be focusing on, and I said this to you last week, I'm going to say it to you again. What is the most important thing to God about you? The most important thing about you to God. As far as God's concerned, what's the most important thing about you? Your relationship with Him. There's nothing that comes ahead of that. We have got to begin to focus on our relationship with God. What does, what does God say about that relationship to Him? What does the Bible say? Jesus said, somebody said to Jesus, what is the most important commandment? What did Jesus respond? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second one, you like it? Love your neighbor as yourself. Those two. Everything in the Word hinges on those things. You know, I've said this a number of times over the last several weeks. I'm going to, I almost said I was going to beat it into you. <laughs> but, but, I'm gonna, but I'm just going to continue to express that because the more you hear it, the more you'll believe it. We have got to focus on loving God and having Him love us in return. No, I said that backwards. We love Him because He first loved us. Our response to Him is to love Him. I have been, this has just been on my heart. I'm, I'm just, 
this is on my heart big time. I am, I am constantly, doesn't matter whether I'm, whether I'm working, I've been doing a lot of driving lately, um, but, I've been, but as I've been working, I am, I'm constantly thinking about, it's just, I don't know, it's just there. It's just here in the back of my mind all the time. I just need to love God. And the more, I, the more that comes to me, the less <clears throat> all the peripheral stuff, all the busy stuff. See, God's not interested in what I do. He's interested in, do I love Him? And if I'm loving Him, then the things that I am doing are going to be an outward expression of my love for Him. But I've got to get that relationship. I've got to have that two-way communication where I'm reading His Word and I'm, and I'm praying, but I'm also taking the time to listen to His Holy Spirit speak to me. And I also can talk to Him and tell Him about what, you know, what's, what's going on in my heart and my life, even though He already knows. But that's how you have a love relationship now. <clears throat> Once we have the love relationship established, now we can listen for God to give us an assignment. Okay? God isn't going to give you an assignment until your love relationship with Him is where it should be because God is not interested in, as much interested in what you do because the most important thing about you to God is... Your relationship with Him. And if your relationship isn't where it should be, He's not going to bog you down with other things. He wants you to get your relationship with Him the where it should be. Now you say, well, I'm born again. I'm a believer and I, you know, I'm right with God. Okay, but how's the relationship? Okay? I can, you know, I'm... I've been married to my wife for almost 47 years. That's a lifetime to a lot of you. <laughs> it's a lifetime to me. <laughs> but 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 you have if you if you've been married or you are married, you will understand that your relationship can can I don't want to say change, but it but it can go through periods where you feel really, really close and then you get really, really busy and you're both going in separate directions and the next thing you know, you have to stop and you go, you know what, we just got to slow down. Let's go, let's go have a date night or let's go do something or let's just slow down for a minute or let's go away for the weekend. Or, and, and, and what you do is you just, you just you reconnect. Come on, am I the... I'm, Am I the only one that had, that's ever had to do that? No. And the same thing can happen with our relationship with God. We can be doing all of this cool stuff that's really spiritual and really, you know, it's all, we're, man, I'm going to do this. I'm doing this for God. Man, I'm going to do your thing. And God's standing back there going, 
I just want you to love me. I just want you to love me. So God is going to, God's going to get you to the point where your relationship with him is the most important to you. It's already the most important to him, but he wants it to be the most important to you. He wants it to be more important to you than anything else. Now, when that happens, now God can give you something to do. And I want to show you the pattern in the Bible. Because the pattern in the Bible is what we have to believe. That's that's what we have to accept as the way God works. If he works this way in the Old Testament and he works this way in the New Testament, then we've got to say, well, that's how he's going to operate now. We don't make something up, up. We don't make something else up and say, oh, well, God's operating like this now. Not when we look at the patterns. He doesn't change. Did he just start being at work? How how long has he been working? Always. So let's let's look at what the Bible says. Because we're talking about, about, being, about, the, about being gifted, okay? And so I want to look at, Exod- in Exodus chapter 3, this is God talking to Moses out of the burning bush. And he says to Moses, the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So... Now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. What did, did God give Moses an assignment? Yeah, he did. He said, I, I want you to go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That was the assignment. Moses said to God, who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Uh, <laughs> You have me mistaken. You, 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 you've picked the wrong guy, God. Does, does that sound like an oxymoron to you? You have picked the wrong guy, God. <laughs> See? But that's what we do, don't we? Oh, God. You've picked the wrong person. You made a mistake. You're not God anymore. That's really where it goes to. So anyway, God says to him, or Moses said to him, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. Okay? So, Moses is given an assignment to do something that he's never done before. Okay? Moses had been a shepherd for the past 40 years. He's 80 years old now. He's been a shepherd for the last 40 years. And now God says to him, I want you to go to Pharaoh and bring my, bring my people out. And Moses goes, I'm not gifted for that. God says, I'll be with you. I will be with you. Who was going to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Trick question. 
God was. Did Moses, did Moses bring all the plagues? No. Did Moses uh, divide the Red Sea? No. Did, did Moses do all those things? God told Moses to raise his staff. God told Moses to throw his staff down. God told Moses to do all these things. But it wasn't Moses who was doing it. It was God doing it through Moses in the sight of the people. And God said, I will be with you. Now I want you to, later on, Moses is, he's dealing with all the people. He's dealing with their problems. He's dealing with all of these things. Listen to what the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there. Listen to, and I will take of the Spirit that is on you and put the Spirit on them. And they will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. So, God called Moses and gave him an assignment. Then, God put his Spirit on Moses and Moses was able to do all that God wanted him to do because God, you see, Moses wasn't naturally an administrator. He wasn't naturally a leader. God gifted him to be a leader and an administrator. And you can see what happened. And then finally, God says, you need help. And I'm going to take the spirit, some of the spirit that was on you and I'm going to put it on these 70 other guys, and they're going to help you as well. I'm going to gift them to do that as well. Samuel is looking to anoint a king in place of Saul. And God tells him to go to the house of Jesse. And Jesse brings out his oldest son, and the Lord says, no, that's not him. And they go through all of the sons. They go through all of his sons, all of the sons that were there. And each one that passed in front of Samuel, the Lord said, no, that's not him. And finally, Samuel says to Jesse, are these all of your boys? And he goes, well, well no, there's the youngest one. He's out in the fields tending the sheep, and he's, you know... I mean, he's just a kid, and we, we have him out there. He, that's, that's his job now. He's tending the sheep. Samuel says, bring him in. The Bible says he brought him in, and he stood before Samuel, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He's the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And David was the greatest king that Israel ever knew. As a matter of fact, he did such a wonderful job that God himself said to him, you will never 
there will never be a time when one of your descendants doesn't sit on the throne of David. And one day, Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David forever because he is of the house and lineage of David. That's the promise God gave. What happened was, here was a little shepherd boy, never been a king before, didn't know anything about being a king, didn't have a, a clue on how to be a king, but the Spirit of the Lord came on him and gifted him to be a king and to be the best king that Israel ever had. Do you see the pattern here? The pattern is the assignment comes and then the gift comes. The Israelites spent 400 years in slavery, making brick. That was their job, to make brick. Mud stompers. Stomping mud, stomping the straw in the mud, and making, making bricks out of mud and building things. And the Bible says that when they left Egypt, the people of Egypt just showered them with jewelry and gold and silver and just whatever it takes, just get them out of here. And now God has spoken to Moses and he has told him, you are going to build a tabernacle and I'm going to dwell in that tabernacle. My presence is going to be in that tabernacle and I'm going, that's where I'm going to dwell. That's where you're going to bring the sacrifices. And he laid all the details out. If you read, ex, or, uh, yeah, if you read Exodus of chapter 25 and 30 through 30, you'll get a detailed description of how the tabernacle is to look. Now the question is, who's going to build it? Oh no, no, seriously, read, read that sometime. The detailed goldsmithing the detailed bronze work, the detailed things that were going on. And God said to Moses, you need to build this exactly like I tell you. Later on we find out is because in Hebrews we find that it's a, an exact replica of the one that's in heaven. So God's saying, you don't, you don't go and start changing the design of this. You build it exactly like I tell you. And it was detailed and it was pretty intricate and it was pretty crazy some of the things that, that God explained to them how to do. So what's going to happen? How's this going to take place? Listen to this. And then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill ability and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold silver and bronze to cut and set stones to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship where what happened did this guy just learn this stuff no the spirit of god came upon him and the spirit built the tabernacle through the people by gifting them to do all of the artistic work, all the gold work, all the woodwork, and everything that had to be done in order for it to be perfect and to be an exact replica of what was in heaven. The Spirit had to do the work, but He did the work through the people. The assignment came, 
And then the Spirit gifted them to be able to carry it out. Do you see the pattern? And he has given both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahishamech, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as craftsmen, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and fine linen and weavers. All of them master craftsmen and designers. Where did it come from? It came from the Spirit of God. Not from their natural ability. First comes the assignment, then comes the gift. In the New Testament, listen to what Peter has to say on the day of Pentecost. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive, say it together, the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's the gift? Was the gift them speaking in tongues? What was the gift? Go ahead, you can say it. What was the gift? The Holy Spirit was the gift. The Holy Spirit <clears throat> was the gift. Now, you and I, we come before the Lord and we confess our sins and we, and we ask Him to forgive us of our sins and we accept the, the vicarious work that Jesus did on the cross and we accept that on our behalf and by faith, by grace we are saved through faith and not of ourselves are the gifts of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We understand that. Now, what happens is the Spirit of God... <laughs> The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes to live inside us. Are we, are, we all in, are we all together on this? The Holy Spirit now comes to live inside us. The gift. The gift comes to live inside each one of us. You're here today. You're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Spirit of God lives within you. Okay, I'll listen. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you not knowing about spiritual gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Okay? There's not a spirit of wisdom. There's not a spirit of knowledge. There's not a spirit of miracle. There's not a spirit of... of um, uh, faith, there's not a spirit of tongues, there's not a spirit of interpretation. There's not, the, the, it's, it's one spirit. And where does that Holy Spirit live? Inside us. Okay? So there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Now, Romans chapter 12 lists a couple of more. Ministration, giving, uh, mercy, um, and Ephesians lists a couple more. Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, okay? It, but there are, there are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. 
There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Here's where, here's where I think we kind of mess up. We have, we come together and we go, well, what's your gift? Hmm, how are we going to use that? When what we should be saying is, you and I, as believers in Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in us, literally have the ability within us to do anything God asks of us. We literally have within us the ability to do whatever He asks. So if we're going to follow the pattern of the, of the Bible, and the, we're going to follow this, you see, did Jesus use different gifts? Yes, he did. There were times when, when he, had, he used the gift of faith. What did he say? He, told, he said to that mulberry tree, or fig tree, no more fruit. And the next day they came by and they saw it was all wilted, all the way into the roots, and the disciples said, how'd you do that? He said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that, you can say that mountain over there, Go into the sea. Time and time again, he would say to his disciples, oh, ye of little faith. Did he operate on faith? Absolutely. Did he operate on the gift of healing? <laughs> yeah, he healed people all the time. You see? If, we, if you and I, if we get stuck in the idea that, that we have to isolate or we have to come up with one of these gifts and that's what we're going to operate under and that's what we think that God wants us to use, we are going to miss untold opportunities for God to use us because we think that if He opens up an opportunity over here and you go, well, that's not my gift. Somebody else is going to have to take care of that. When what God wants to do is he, want, he just wants you to do that because He's giving you that as assignment. Now is he gonna, what's He going to do? The Spirit of the living God is going to enable you to do that. The gifts of God, the gifts of the Spirit are not your gifts. They are manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. And for us to say... Well, there's, my, there's an assignment, but it's got to be for somebody else because I'm not gifted in that. Is an affront to God, and it's an affront to the Spirit of the living God that lives in us that can empower us to do anything. Do you understand where I'm coming from? We've got to, we've got to begin to stop looking and trying to assign to ourselves or say, well, this is, this is how... I'm lim See, I'm limited here. I'm just going to work right here. And God says, wait a minute. My spirit, my spirit can do anything in you. 
and we limit God. And a lot of work doesn't get done. A lot of assignments don't get done because people are too focused on what they think is their gift rather than the fact that they have the gift of the Holy Spirit in them who can do everything. You see, the same God works all of them in all men. To me, that tells me this, that within me, I have the potential to, to have any one of those gifts operate in my life at any time when God sees necessary for me to fulfill something that he wants to get done. Why? What is God's will for my life? And that's not the question. The question is, what is God's will? See, God is always at work. Can we get this? Does this make sense to you? God is always at work. There's always something going on. And there's always things for us to be doing. We just, we have to focus on our relationship with Him. And once that relationship is where it should be, then God can begin to give us assignments. And when you see God give you an assignment, you don't say, that's not me, God. I've never worked in gold before. I'm not a woodworker. I'm not even going to start naming jobs because then people... See, I, I think what happens when we do that, then people, people use those. I just want you to understand one thing. You have the Holy Spirit within you. You can do anything God wants you to do and anything He asks you to do. He will supernaturally empower you to accomplish it if you will give your, if you will get your, if you will work on your relationship with Him. He will give you an assignment. It may be something simple at first, but it, then again, <laughs> you know, it might be leading the children of Israel to Egypt. but it's going to be God doing it. And I'm going to tell you something. It's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling to, to sense and feel God working through you to accomplish His plan and His purpose in a given situation. There is nothing more exciting than that. And when it happens to you, you will not want to ever not have it happen to you. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus said finally. It is the Father living in me who is doing His work. That's Jesus talking. It is the Father living in me who is doing His work. So where do we go from here? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Communicate with Him and love Him. Allow Him to speak to you and express His love for you. And then, just be aware I, want to, I don't want you to show your hands, but I, I'm going to ask you a question. Since we've been talking about this, 
and the emphasis <clears throat> that we've been making. How many of you, you don't, please don't raise your hand, I'm just asking this, how many of you have become more aware of the fact that God is always at work? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about that as you're going through the day? God is at work. He's at work here where I'm working. He's at work everywhere. He's always at work. He's at work in my life. My Father is always at work. That should be something that we think about all the time. And the more we talk about it and the more we emphasize it, the more we're going to think about it. And then, as, then when we're thinking about that, we're going to be looking, well, how is God working here? How, what, how's, he, how's He working at my job? How's He working in my neighborhood? How's He working... And we begin to think about that. And then one of these days, God's going to give us an assignment and we are going to, and we are going to end up, we're going to think about it. Well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm gifted for that. And then we're going to stop and we're going to say, wait a minute. I have the Holy Spirit in me and it's not me doing the work. It is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that, isn't that freeing? Isn't that just, why not that just take the pressure off? That just takes the pressure off. It's not me anyway. It's the Father living in me who's doing the work. He is loving me so much that He has decided that He's going to work through me to accomplish His will. How cool is that, folks? How cool is it to have the God of the universe who created all things love you enough to work through you to accomplish His will? Me. You. Are you kidding me? That's just amazing. It just amazes me that He would do that. But that's how much He loves us. He wants us to be a part of accomplishing His purposes. If that doesn't put a smile on your face, you're hopeless. <laughs> I'm telling you. You're just, you are in a bad way. That should just be an exciting thing. And it's the truth. I'm done. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. It's ama it just amazes me. And it just shows you how much you love us. That you would put your spirit within us. And then you would use us. Broken people with lots of baggage. Lots of things that we're still working on. You're still working on us. We still have some things that, that need to improve. Things that need to change. But still you love us and you use us to accomplish your will in the world. Thank you, Lord. Help us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. Father, help us to realize that our relationship with you is more important to you than anything else. And that you want us to be in that relationship with you so that you can give us an assignment and then gift us to carry it out. And then give us another assignment 
and give it and gift us to carry that out. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you for loving us and caring enough for us to allow your grace to operate in these broken bodies and these broken lives that are made of dust. We thank you, Lord. We want to pray for our missionaries today. We want to pray for Chris Garris and for Todd and Shelley Marks. We want to pray for them as they, uh, Lord, as they are uh, serving you in other countries, sharing the gospel of the resurrected Jesus. I pray for them, Lord. I ask you to bless them over this holiday season as they are away from their family and their, and their friends, Lord. We just pray that you will continue to give them a great harvest. We pray for the, the prison ministry, Lord. And we just pray for those who are incarcerated. And Lord, we know that there is a large church. A large part of the church is behind bars. And we pray for them. We pray for the prison ministry as they go around the state, the country, and even the world, sharing the gospel with those who are incarcerated. We pray today for the Transitional Center. We thank you for the opportunity to be involved there. We just pray, Lord, as we um, do the holiday bags and, and buy the gifts for the kids, that it'll just be an expression of your love to these, to these girls. And we just continue to pray that not one girl will ever leave that place without knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Pray for love serves in the work that they're doing in the Dominican Republic. Thank you for allowing us to be involved with them. And then we thank you for the daycare and how it's growing. And you're just blessing that, Lord. And we thank you for that ministry. And now, Lord, I just pray that as we take time out this week on a particular day to give thanks that um, our focus will not be so much on the things that we have, but who we have. From our relationship with you to our relationship with our families. And Lord, as you take us from this place today, may we sense and know and see the Father doing His work through us. In Jesus' name, amen.